0: Environmentalists have dialed up their publicity stunts in recent years, throwing soup on priceless art, gluing themselves to buildings, and shutting down traffic, even sometimes as people are attempting to drive their children to the hospital. All extremely stupid and lawless stuff, which is presumably why Nevada tribal rangers decided to ram through a group of climate activists with a truck. You can see. You see the climate set up there. They've got all their signs. They're blocking the highway. The truck then rams through it and then turns around and comes back at the activists. The hippie is not used to the tribal rangers. Rangers then pull their guns... And those guns are not loaded with flowers and pixie dust. This is not how ordinary police behave. This is not how you know the cops who, are, who have their hands tied in New York or Chicago or wherever behave now. But the tribal rangers, like the honey badger, do not appear to give one little wit about their feelings. So a lot of people are cheering this on. And I understand the temptation to cheer. Environmentalists are extremely annoying. But context is key here, as it is in all of politics. In this case, what were the environmentalists doing? They were attempting to shut down the Burning Man Festival. That's what they were protesting. Those were the cars they were stopping. They're trying to shut down the Burning Man Festival, which is a week-long bacchanal of drugged-out hippies having orgies and worshiping a fire idol in the middle of the desert. So in this case, much as I hate to side with the radical environmentalists, I guess I'm on their side here. Burning Man is bad, and people should shut it down. How did I end up on the side of these weirdo hippies who are getting their clocks knocked in on the highway by the tribal police. Politics makes for strange bedfellows. So forget about Burning Man, forget about Nevada, forget about the environmentalists. This is why, for instance, many conservatives right now are embracing Bobby Kennedy Jr. This is why never Trump lifelong Republicans right now are embracing Joe Biden. And it is why conservatives are going to have to rethink our tactics and our alliances if we want to break out of a pattern of perpetually losing. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. back to the show. Oliver Anthony, the guy who went from a nobody to a big star with that dobro guitar singing about the rich men and rich men. Uh, he just came out to explain how angry he is that conservatives like his music. So we'll, we'll get to that in, in just a moment. Uh, first, though, I don't want to move past the environment too quickly. Conservatives are right about everything. We're right about everything, and when we say things, we're called idiots and rubes and ignoramuses and uneducated, and and then six months to two years later, we're proven right about every single thing. In this case, the stupid paper straws, everything. We're right about the COVID vax, we're right about the lockdowns, we're right about human life and borders and the economy and all of those issues. But, but even down to the stupid paper straws, do you remember when a nine-year-old in Canada had a school project where he called up some straw companies and then extrapolated the data, data quote-unquote, he got from a handful of straw companies out to a whole nation and then made this claim that were wasting a bazillion, gazillion tons of plastic every minute. And then the liberal activists decided to run with this little kid as the face of environmentalism, and then got all of the restaurants to take away our straws and force us to, to drink our iced coffees out of those paper things that turn to just pulp and mush within three sips. So you, can't, you just can't drink your coffee. Remember when that happened over the last five years? Well, it turns out the paper straws, are not safe for the environment. The whole reason we did that, they, they are not better at bringing your drink into your mouth. They're not more convenient. They're not cheaper. They're not any of those things. The entire reason that we did it was because a nine-year-old told us that the plastic straws were bad for the environment and that the paper straws were good for the environment. Well, the paper straws are bad for the environment. New study shows that there are toxic chemicals in there. According to this study... The straws contain poly- and perfluoroalkyl substances, PFAS, which are long-lasting, potentially destructive to human health, but who cares about that? And we've got to prioritize the delta smelt over human beings these days. They're also bad for the environment. According to Dr. Timo Groffen... Uh, from the University of Antwerp straws made from plant-based materials such as paper and bamboo are often advertised as being more sustainable and eco-friendly but the PFAS in there means that is not necessarily the case they looked at 39 different straw brands and it turns out that they're all pretty pretty bad for the environment yeah of course of course this always happens we're always proven right about these things and so here's my recommendation i've made this recommendation on the show before with regard to totally different kinds of issues, my recommendation is be normal. You should endeavor at all times in your life to be normal. This is true in your work. It's true in your private life. It's true in your relationships. It's true. It's true even in the straws you drink. How anybody could conclude that, grinding up a bunch of industrial made pulp and uh, upending the entire beverage industry in five seconds is going to be good and there was going to be no consequence to that is just crazy just be normal this is the consequence of rationalism and politics and people thinking that their their own very small stock of reason unfettered from tradition or eternal principles or anything else is sufficient to remake society into a wonderful utopia it never happens and when it comes to the straws, Nobody really cares. It's a minor inconvenience, and maybe it's slightly bad for the environment. But again, we were using plastic before, so who really cares? But, but this can have f- far more deleterious effects for human beings, as we're seeing in a very, very similar kind of study with regard to the N95 masks that all of the experts from the liberal establishment, including conservative commentators, told us to wear for years. Turns out those aren't so great either. You know, they say the eyes are the window to the soul. And the mouth, which was covered up by those masks, is the window to your stomach. And the windows are the windows to your house, which is why you got to check out Renewal by Anderson. Right now, text Knowles to 200 300. For most homeowners, window replacement is not something that they've done before. For many, it is not something they want to do, but rather something they have to do. If you've put off replacing the windows in your home because it's too expensive, I've got great news for you. You can call now to get a free in home window consultation and a free price quote from Renewal by Anderson. Renewal by Anderson's signature service is committed to giving you the best customer experience possible, supported by the best people in the industry, a superior process, and an exclusive product. Someone just wrote into my show the other day after hearing me mention Renewal by Anderson and uh, said he's a carpenter. And he said that when he goes in and sees the work done by Renewal by Anderson, it is so far ahead of the competition, it's not even close. This guy was not it doesn't work for Renewal by Anderson. He, this wasn't solicited. He just wrote in because he heard about it. I have a cousin who works for these guys. From what I hear, they are just the absolute best in the business. So right now, Renewal by Anderson is offering a free in-home or virtual consultation on durable quality, affordable windows or patio doors for $0 down. Zero payments, zero interest for one year. Text NOLS, W L E S to 200-300 for your free consultation to save 375 bucks off every window and 750 bucks off every door. These savings will not last long be sure to check it out by texting Knowles to 200-300. That is Knowles to 200 Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted to textplan.us. Texting enrolls for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop to opt out. Go to windowappointmentnow.com for full offer details. Thought the straws were bad. A new study out shows that the N95 COVID masks may expose wearers to dangerous levels of compounds that are toxic and linked to seizures and cancer. Initially, we were told that the masks, just the stupid little hankies, were going to stop you from getting COVID. Then the experts admitted that wasn't true. Then we were told, no, 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 it's not supposed to stop you from getting COVID. Those stupid masks are supposed to stop you from spreading COVID. Then we found out that wasn't true. Then we were told, well, no, the hanky masks that you were forced to wear for a while, they don't actually do anything. But the N95 masks, those are the good ones. They're even conservatives. Got duped by this. Said, well, look, we all know, the hankies don't do much, but the N95, those are great, because some other expert told me that. Turns out, no, the N95 masks are not particularly effective at stopping you from catching COVID or spreading COVID, and it turns out they're bad for you. They're bad for your health. The surgical N95 mask, which was the gold standard, has been proven to be toxic by researchers from Jeonbuk National University in South Korea. Uh, apparently the hanky masks are no good either. You know, I hate to say I told you so. I know a lot of you told people so with regard to the masks too, though. So the question I have is, how did we know that? How did we, I don't have a particularly advanced degree. I I, I barely got out of 12th grade science class. I don't don't know anything about masks. I don't know anything about viruses. I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't have lots of fancy degrees like Mr. Detective Fauci, who's probably going to come back to public life. How is it that I and you and your hick ignoramus hillbilly uncle Billy Bob were all much more correct about the scientific questions than all the geniuses with the advanced degrees at the NIH. How is that the case? Because we know that human beings were not made to breathe into a big hunk of plastic or cotton or any other kind of mask all the time. I think that's that's how we knew it. Because we knew, no matter what the advertising said, no matter what the Fauci said, that human beings are not supposed to do that. That's not what we're for. That's not what our lungs are for. Our lungs are not for exhaling into a mask or inhaling through some stupid mask. We know that's not what our faces are for. We know our ears are not for holding the mask bands on. We just know that's not normal. And because it's not normal, there's a good shot it's going to have some negative consequences for us. That, I think that's, that, that was my thinking at least. I didn't look at studies. I think studies are bogus. I cite them when they back up my point, but I think most social science and most surveys generally are, are claptrap. And you have your statistics and I have my statistics and 152% of statistics are made up. But we at the very least know ordinary normal people with even a modicum of common sense know that human beings are not supposed to act like weirdos all the time. And the libs just incessantly try to get us to act like weirdos. As a matter of public health, in our schools, in our jobs. Certainly in our sex lives, they're always pushing that. And it's just, if you have any common sense, you know, it's just, it's probably not good. This was a point that Santana just made, the the rock star. Santana got in big trouble. I'm so late to this story. I'm glad I'm late to this story. Because there was the first headline, and then because we didn't report on the first headline, then we already got the inevitable backtracking. So now we just get the full story all at once. Santana made headlines for his shocking, unhinged rant. Someone reported this as crazy rant that women are women and men are men.
1: Oh, well, you're lying your answer. There is no virtue reality. When God made you and me before we came out of the womb, you know who you are and what you are. Later on when you grow up and you see things and you start believing that you could be something that it sounds good You know, it ain't right because a woman is a woman and a man
0: is a man. Listen to those cheers.
1: Whatever you want to do in the closet, that's your business. So I'm okay with that. I am like this with my brother Dave Chappelle.
0: Okay. So this is a very clear articulation of Santana's rejection of transgenderism. And maybe all of LGBTism, maybe the whole sexual revolution, is he says, what you want to do in your closet, that's one thing, but just don't do it in public. And then he, even at the end, he says, I'm with my brother, Dave Chappelle, totally lined up on this. Dave Chappelle famously got in trouble for making fun of transgenderism. So clear as day what he's saying. I even love, he talks like a normal guy. So if, he's not giving some erudite lecture on anthropology or something he's just saying look man you know you know what you are and like maybe you hear something else and like maybe it sounds good or whatever but like it's not true man because a woman's a woman the man's a man so after this because santana's a big rock star and because he has all sorts of fancy agents and publicists and people plugged into the liberal ruling class they of course had the obligatory apology No doubt. They say it was written by him. It was obviously written by some PR flack. I am sorry for my insensitive comments. They don't reflect that I want to honor and respect all persons, ideals, and beliefs. I realize that what I said hurt people, and that was not my intent. I sincerely apologize to the transgender community and everyone I offended. (sighs) Sorry, I woke up. "I, I want to honor and respect all persons' ideals, LGBTQ or not. This is the planet of free will, and we have all been given this gift. It takes great courage to grow and glow in the light that you are... And to be true and genuine and authentic, I don't know what transvestite 21-year-old intern at CAA or (laughs) William Morris Endeavor wrote this claptrap, but it certainly wasn't Santana. But anyway, he told you what he thought in, in the monologue on stage. And what he said was more perspicacious than just saying men are men and women are women. That's obviously true. We shouldn't trans kids. That's obviously true. We shouldn't trans adults. That's also true, though less obviously so to some people in our culture. But he went even further. He defended the idea of a totally taboo place and notion, and that is the closet. The closet. He says you can do whatever you want in your closet. This is what the LGBTQ people say. They say, you can't chase us back into the closet. I'm coming out of the closet. You think I'm a man, but now I'm saying I'm a woman, so I'm out of the closet. And Santana says, go back in the closet. (laughs) Do what you want in the closet, but don't make me deal with it. And don't come into my bathroom and don't be weird. Just be normal, okay? And the closet is not ideal. And I recognize that some people either are born with or at the very least have early ingrained desires that are particularly disordered. And I recognize it's easy that if, if... You don't have those desires. We can just sort of, say, be normal. It's probably harder for these people. So I want to be as charitable and gracious as I possibly can. But also, everybody's got certain disordered desires, okay? It's not all, like, a man thinks he's a woman or a man is attracted to someone of the same sex. But it could be—I don't don't mean to trivialize sexual desire, but, like, for me, I really like fatty Italian meats, okay? I like mortadell, I like prosciutto. I like even gabagool, Okay? And it left to my own devices, if I had fatty Italian meats and nice, delicious provolone and Parmesan cheese in the fridge, I would eat all of it, all the time. I would never stop myself. That's a disordered desire of mine that tends toward the vice of gluttony. And so I've got to stop myself. And even, even after the three slices of mortadelle and the one slice of gabagool and a little hunk of provolone, even if I still want to eat more, I just don't fulfill that desire. Okay? And... Yeah, I get, I don't know, if you've got some weird sexual thing, It maybe that's even harder, but what's the alternative? This is what Santana's raising. He's saying, what's the alternative to doing weird stuff in the closet? The alternative to doing weird stuff in the closet is doing weird stuff in the streets, which is what's happening now. And it's bad because it's extremely scandalous for everybody, but especially for young children when young kids are being brought to these pride parades where weirdos in leather jackets are smacking each other half-naked on parade floats. That's obvious. It is obviously preferable that if those guys are going to do that at all, they should do it in a closet away from the public where we don't have to look at it. (laughs) Now, the ideal is to... Not do anything like that in the closet either. And this gets back to something we've, I've been bringing up on the show a little bit more recently. Because it's it used to be the basic understanding of virtue that now I, people are not only ignorant of, I think they don't even think it's possible. And it's this notion, Aristotle talks about it in the Nicomachean Ethics famously, which is that there are four kinds of people when it comes to virtue. They're the self-indulgent who do bad things, and they love doing bad things. They're the incontinent who do bad things, but they know they should do good things. There are the continent who do good things, and they know they should do good things, but it's a real struggle, and they really—they want to eat more of the mortadell than they should. Maybe I'm somewhere around there, hopefully. <laughs> but then there's actually another category, and these are the people who are truly happy, who have achieved what Aristotle would call eudaimonia, and those are the people who enjoy doing virtuous things. And so that's what you really want. You can't have a society, as liberalism, classical and modern tells us we can, of just pragmatic solutions all the time to constantly competing ideas and, and of, of the good and the true and the beautiful and of personal interest, where we just have these pragmatic solutions and we leave everybody alone and we remain totally skeptical about ultimate truths. You you can't really do that. Okay. You've got you have to have a society in, in which the, the people are cultivating the right kind of desires and, and, and uniting their actions with their desires and uniting their, their actions and their desires with the use of right reason. This sounds all so mamby-pamby, pie in the sky, I know. This is how societies operated for like all of human history to some degree or another reached its flourishing in the West in what we used to call Christendom, and it's totally cracked up in liberalism. And it's taking a political philosopher like Santana to point us back in the right direction. We got to talk about these things, whether you're on stage with Santana or whether you're sitting at home with your Pure Talk cell phone. Right now, go to slash Knowles. Is your cell phone in desperate need of replacement? You know the signs. Short battery life. So you've got to have a charger on hand. Cracked screen that gives you little glass splinters. Well, it's time to put that old phone to rest and upgrade to a new 5G Samsung Galaxy from PureTalk for free. Get a free 5G Samsung Galaxy with two-day battery life, edge-to-edge display, and ultra-strong Gorilla Glass when you sign up for PureTalk's unlimited talk text and 15-gig data plan for just 35 bucks a month. Plus, it comes with a mobile hotspot. If you are not using PureTalk, you are simply paying too much. Get all the data you could ever need for half the price of the big carriers on America's most dependable 5G network. Go to puretalk.com slash Knowles, K-N-A-W-L-E-S, for your free, super durable 5G Samsung Galaxy when you switch to PureTalk. That is puretalk.com slash Knowles. Then make the switch to my cell phone company. That would be PureTalk, the official wireless partner of The Daily Wire. When Dr. Jordan B. Peterson made the decision to join Daily Wire Plus, it was a major win for those who champion intellectual debate. With one year of unparalleled output, his contributions have set new standards and remained unmatched by any other platform. Daily Wire Plus now has a vast array of exclusive Jordan Peterson content, offering hundreds of hours of captivating content you won't find anywhere else. Jordan has created thought-provoking works that reshape your perspective on life, which include Vision and Destiny, Marriage and dragons, monsters and men, the way that the commas and the ands work in Jordan's shows, they all blur together. I don't know which is which, but they're all terrific. Additionally, you can immerse yourself in discussions that nurture your spiritual side, like Logos and Literacy and Jordan's groundbreaking series on the book of Exodus. That is only the beginning. I've not even mentioned his Beyond Order lecture. Well, I guess I I just did mention that. It's great. That lecture series is terrific his extensive archive of lectures and podcasts. This is the compendium of all things Jordan. Plus, there's even more new exclusive content on the horizon. This is only the beginning. By becoming a Daily Wire Plus member, you will embark on an unforgettable experience that will fuel your thirst for knowledge and inspire personal growth like never before. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe to become a member today. Speaking of conservatism in the public square, Nothing gold can stay. Nothing, even with gold-hued, red-headed beards like Oliver Anthony, can stay. Conservatives loved Oliver Anthony. He's the guy with the Dobro guitar in the woods, with the very slick, high-production-quality music video that was presented as a creed de coeur from a guy with a handy cam in the middle of the woods, and he sang about the rich men north of Richmond close to near rhyme and the conservatives rallied around him and made him the biggest star in the country and then now Oliver Anthony is irritated by that and he doesn't want conservatives claiming his music
2: it's aggravating seeing people on conservative news try to identify with me like I'm one of them it's aggravating seeing certain musicians and politicians act like we're buddies and and act like we're fighting the same struggle here. Like that we're trying to present the same message. Uh, you know, I've, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and I've tried to be polite to everybody. And um, I've talked to hundreds of people the last two weeks. It seems like certain people want to just ride the attention of this song to maybe make them, their own selves relevant. And that's aggravating as hell. The other thing that I find aggravating is uh, well... You know, like, it was funny seeing my song in the, it was fun. it was funny seeing it at the presidential debate, because it's like, I wrote that song about those people, you know? So for them to have to sit there and listen to that, uh, that cracks me up. <laughs> uh, but it was funny kind of seeing the response to it, like, that song has nothing to do with Joe Biden, you know? It's a lot bigger than Joe Biden, um... That song is written about the people on the on that stage and a lot more, too. Not just them, but but definitely them. All
0: right. Little little incoherent here. This is what I pointed out about Oliver Anthony's song, which I, I thought showed clear talent. He's obviously a pretty talented, folksy artist, but the lyrics didn't make a ton of sense because they melded new populist impulses uh, with. Kind of generic establishment chamber of commerce GOP complaints about welfare queens and things like that. So I said the lyrics aren't totally coherent, but as far as a first shot goes, musically he said he at least has a good voice. the The whole character and persona works pretty well. No wonder that the the video went viral. Uh, now he's saying, look, this song this has nothing to do with Joe Biden. It's it's about much more than Joe Biden. Well, hold on, which is it? Again, this is contradictory. It, does it have nothing to do with Joe Biden, or is it about Joe Biden and the whole political system? Well, he seems to be saying both things at once, but, but he's really focused on Republicans. He's saying, no, it's the guys on the Republican debate stage that I was singing about. They're the ones that I'm complaining about, not Joe Biden. It's the Republicans. And there's some evidence that the guy is a, a Democrat. He, there was some Facebook post I saw going around, I think it was authentic, in which he was complimenting Joe Biden. There's a video of him. Uh, just mumbling through the classic liberal platitudes about, you know, the true, the true strength of America is our diversity.
2: I mean, we are the melting pot of the world, and that, that's what makes us strong is our diversity, and we need to learn to harness that and appreciate it and not use it as a political tool to, to keep everyone separate from each other, you know?
0: So that that kind of a statement, I mean, we all like people of different cultures and things like that, but the the statement diversity is our strength, that is a very modern, extremely liberal slogan that is used to justify mass migration and uh, to displace and to injure the very working class that this guy is supposedly singing about. He then tweets out, he says, I don't support either side politically, not the left, not the right, I'm about supporting people and restoring local communities. Now go breathe some fresh air and relax, please. I'm not worth obsessing over, I promise. Go spend time with your loved ones. Okay, I'm not going to be too harsh on Oliver Anthony because I think what he's doing here is probably smart. Oliver Anthony doesn't want to be ghettoized into the conservative media sphere where he becomes you know, the, the favorite folksy singer of a handful of shows like this show. This show, maybe a few other podcasts, maybe a couple shows on Fox News, and that's it. That's going to be his career. No, he he wants to be mainstream. He's gotten a taste of fame and money, and he, he wants to be a real player who can sell out Stadia and go on all sorts of other shows. So, okay, fine. What's my suspicion here? I don't think that Oliver Anthony has any particular political philosophy or ideology. I don't think that Oliver Anthony just one day accidentally stumbled on fame. I don't think he walked out into the woods with his dogs and his dobro and just set up a little camcorder and then just accidentally went viral. I think this is a guy who's been a struggling songwriter for a long time who saw his opportunity and made a bet on a very slickly produced music video and made the right kind of connections so that the video could go viral. And he prepared to meet the opportunity that came along. And that opportunity came along because of a specific moment in our culture. That's the key. I don't think this guy has changed popular music or popular art. I think this guy saw which way the wind was blowing and he took his opportunity. This happens all the time in movies. This happens all the time in music. You have one hit you get one little hint, oh, our, our war movies are in now. Okay, then you're gonna get a glut of war movies. This particular brand of pop music is in, okay. This one band does really well. You're gonna get a whole bunch of other pretenders who who try to copy that act. And I think here, since, especially since the election of Donald Trump, especially since the rise of populism, nationalism here in Britain, in Europe, this has been building for some years now, this guy saw, okay, this is the moment for a creed occur about the forgotten men and women of America. You saw the success of J.D. Vance's book, Hillbilly Elegy, turned into a big movie, won J.D. a Senate seat. It's, it's not as though the signs weren't there, and this guy met his moment. So This is why I really like the Oliver Anthony phenomenon. I don't have any particular interest in Oliver Anthony or even in his song, But I do like that a guy who was prepared to meet opportunity, that a pretty sharp observer of culture, saw that the culture is moving in a direction that is very favorable to us. Now, maybe the ruling class will just clamp down on that and continue to rig the elections and continue to censor conservatives and continue to incentivize even the people who become famous as conservatives to to disavow all of us and everything we believe. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe the liberals just have too much power but the wind is blowing in our direction. No question about it. Now, speaking of the culture, that Russian paramilitary leader, Prigozhin, who led the aborted coup on, on Vladimir Putin, and then was given safe passage to Belarus, and then accidentally his plane was shot out of the sky. It was unclear if he was dead or not. Did he fake his own death? Did he sneak out on another plane? Well, Russian authorities have confirmed through DNA analysis, he was on the plane they got him. They got him. And so the Saturday essay in the Wall Street Journal was on the godfather in the Kremlin. It was a picture of Putin dressed like Don Corleone. It says, the very public death of Putin henchman Yevgeny Prigozhin highlights the evolution of Russia into a mafia state held together by violence and incapable of global leadership. It's a long essay. I'm not going to read any of it. The headline and the subheadline suffice. Does that sound familiar to you? Does that sound familiar? A a country being transformed into a mafia state held together by violence and incapable of global leadership. I know it's been a little while since our political elites encouraged street thugs to burn the country down coast to coast for eight months. That was what? That was about three years ago? Wasn't that long ago. And our ruling class is currently jailing political dissidents for nothing other than simply opposing the regime. I'm not even, forget about the January 6th people. Let's pretend for a moment that cracking a Coors Light in the Capitol Rotunda were a capital offense. Forget about them for a second. About Douglas Mackey, Douglas Mackey is a guy who didn't even have that many followers on Twitter who posted some funny memes about the 2016 election. He faces 10 years in prison. Because the memes were pro-Trump and anti-Hillary. What about Donald Trump himself, who faces 750 years in prison for questioning the rigged election? That's it. That's all he did. He just said, hey, I think this election that you all rigged, I think it might have been a little rigged. How about Trump's lawyers and supporters who did nothing but provide the man legal counsel? Who did nothing but fulfill their most basic duty as lawyers, being thrown in prison? Does that sound like a little bit, I hate, look, I hate to say it about my own country. Does that sound a little bit like a mafia state? Like a little bit like a banana republic where we're now jailing the political opposite, leader of the opposition and the former president, incapable of global leadership? A country that under Joe Biden, will he, will they, won't they pull out of Afghanistan, complete collapse Will they, won't they invite Vladimir Putin to invade Ukraine? Happened. Now we're on the precipice of this drawn out introduction, potentially to World War III. Will they, won't they allow Xi Jinping to invade Taiwan? Will they, won't they incapable of global leadership? Is that, Drew makes this point all the time. And it's important. I mean, this is the big debate between, uh, on that stage, between the primary candidates, you had uh Mike Pence, who was giving his Morning in America routine, everything's great. We just need to feel good about ourselves again. And Vivek Ramaswamy saying, no, everything's not great. This is a dark moment in the country. And if we want to fix it, I think we can fix it, but we got to acknowledge it. At least on that question, I think Vivek has got it right. hate to say it about my own country, but but Drew Clavin points this out a lot. He says, the problem with bigots is not that they're wrong about the other guy, bigots, you know, people who really hate people on the basis of their race or their this or their that. It's not that they're wrong about the other guy because there are flaws with all sorts of people. The issue with bigots is that they're wrong about themselves. <laughs> they, it's not that their opinion is too low of the other guy. It's that their opinion is too high of themselves. And I think that's our issue here. I'm not saying that Putin's not a mob boss. Sure, Putin's a mob boss. But we don't have a lot of credibility to call him out for that or any of our other glo- geopolitical adversaries. If we ourselves are behaving like the mob, which is what's happening. My favorite comment yesterday is from John Apple, 3471, who says the real question is how would people react if Trump does formally prove that the 2020 election was stolen? They would react exactly as they're reacting now, which is that his supporters would be irate and upset and offended and the liberals would shrug their shoulders. You know how I know this? Forget about the election fraud claims. We have pretty much as much evidence as we could have that Joe Biden peddled American influence for multi-million dollar bribes from every crooked leader on planet Earth. Okay, we have text messages. We have emails. We have handwritten notes. We have investigations. We, have, we, we, we can track the money. We got it all. We've got, the, we've got the, the prosecutors in the countries that bribed Joe Biden saying, yes, they were bribing the Bidens. We've got it all. And people don't care. It doesn't matter. The Biden people support Biden. The libs support Joe Biden. And many of the conservatives support Trump. Some of the conservatives hate Trump and they're either going to try to find another guy or they're going to be the never Trump people and go over to Biden. They're going to say, Well, I endorse the liberal establishment even against Donald Trump because I, I hate him so much or something. That's what's going to happen. That is happening right now. Doesn't matter. You could put, a, you could have the smoking gun smoking right up their nostrils, would not change a thing. Speaking of foreigners, Karen Bass is the mayor of Los Angeles now. Karen Bass is a former member of Congress. She is a communist. She actually worked for many years with communist organizations. Like, I don't call liberals communists a lot. I know some people on the right do that. This woman actually is a communist. She is about as bad a mayor as you could possibly imagine in City of Angels. And she is now complaining because Texas has sent some buses of Illegal aliens up to California, up to Los Angeles. And Karen Bass has said, L.A. has not extended an invitation asking for people to come. This is a political act. L.A., which for many years now has billed itself as a sanctuary state, has, according to the mayor of L.A., not invited the immigrants to come. Of course it has. I, I don't want to ascribe to malice that which is explained by ignorance. Maybe Karen Bass doesn't understand the basic meaning of words. But when when you say we're a state that offers sanctuary to you people, that is an invitation to the people to come. Uh, Los Angeles just didn't expect that to happen. Uh, it's very easy for these blue states to uh, and blue cities to say that they're uh, totally open to illegal aliens when it's the red states and the red places that have to deal with the, the brunt of the illegal immigration. So, okay, total hypocrisy, fine. Here too, though, forget about the immigration issue. The fact that our political leaders will look us in the face and say, hey, that word, that word doesn't mean what that word means. That's much more distressing. That's more distressing than 10 million illegal aliens coming into the country. The fact that they will look us in the face and, say, and they do it with a whole lot of words. You know, I'm not allowed to say how they do this with regard to bathrooms and things like that on YouTube, but they'll do that. I'll just say it. They'll look us in the face and say that men are women and women are men. They'll look us in the face and say that foreigners are American citizens. They'll look us in the face and say sanctuary doesn't mean sanctuary. It means stay away, you airy. What are you? Well, at that point, the political order breaks down. If you can't can't even agree on the basic meaning of words, then the political order breaks down and politics ceases to be a matter of rational debate and deliberation and becomes a matter of brute grunting force like we're a bunch of apes running around purple mountain majesties from sea to shiny sea. Now, speaking of people, That no one invited. There's this group called No Labels. They started about 10 years ago. And it's a group. Of fashionable. Centrist liberals. Who say we need. we, We don't need these crazies on the right. And we don't need these crazies on the left. We just need. Sensible tax cutting. Socially liberal. Establishment types. And then. If we only run candidates who are exactly like Bill Clinton, then uh, we'll have a flourishing country and we'll, we'll all of the rancor and division will go away. So Joe Lieberman, who is one of these figures, he was considered a potential running mate to John McCain. Even though he was a Democrat senator, he was considered a, potentially the Republican vice presidential candidate in 2008. Uh, he is the chairman of No Labels, and he says No Labels is going to hold a nominating convention for 2024.
1: No labels is is challenging the political status quo and, and in a way the control that the two parties have over our uh, political system. We think uh, there's a real opportunity for a third choice and that it's the American people are telling us on polling we're doing and discussions we're having that they j- they've lost confidence in the two major parties. And by large numbers, they don't want to have to choose again between President Trump and President Biden. We already have scheduled a bipartisan convention. Think about it. We haven't seen that uh, ever in recent history. A bipartisan nominating convention for Dallas, Texas in April of next year.
0: This is not going to work. This is not going to work. I mean, it could be funny. I'm all for m- more uh, madness and chaos in this presidential race. I'm more. I'm all for throwing wrenches into the system. So it, it could be fun if they nominated Joe Manchin or something. He, that guy's not going to become president. The reason it's not going to work is because Joe Lieberman is right that the two candidates who are the presumptive nominees of their parties are historically unpopular. And it is true that many people indicate that they don't want to vote for those nominees. The the reason for that, though, is not so much the particular candidates. Yes, Joe Biden looks kind of sleepy. Yes, Donald Trump is off-putting to certain people. But the, the reason for that is because of polarization. You're seeing that unpopularity among the candidates because of people in the opposite parties. That's really what's driving it. Because the libs are becoming more lib and the conservatives are becoming more conservative. And so as they become, as the conservatives become more conservative, the liberals are going to hate them even more and vice versa. So you're not going to solve that problem by nominating a supposed centrist because that's the constituency that is most getting squeezed. As the, as the groups are becoming more coherently and clearly what they are, they're following their ideas to their logical conclusions, then the group that's disappearing are these centrist liberals. To say no labels is a, is a misnomer. It's a false label too. It's it's the central lie of liberalism, which is that you can have political neutrality. There's no such thing as neutrality in politics. You're going to think something is good. You're going to think something is bad. You're going to say some things are true and some things are false. So there is no neutrality. What No Labels is proposing is just going back to the 1990s. What No Labels is proposing is that we all vote for candidates like Bill Clinton and Tony Blair. Because they say that those candidates— they're, they're above politics. They're, they're, they, they're reasonable. They're in the middle. No, they're not. They're just another kind of label. Cl- they're Clintonites. Call them Clintonites. Call them New Democrats, New Labor, whatever. That's what it is. 1990s. <laughs> Call it a time machine. There's, there's no way to escape a label. This is even, I think about it even with our side. You know, a lot of conservatives, a lot of my friends, a lot of my Protestant friends will say that they're non denominational Protestants. And I find this to be a funny label because. As so many of them repeat this, they say, I am a non-denominational Protestant. I, I think that the, the word starts with a capital N, probably has a capital D. I think there's a trademark sign over the end of that phrase, because if you identify as non-denominational, and if you uh, group yourself with other people who call themselves non-denominational, then you have become a denomination, not knocking it one way or the other. I'm just saying it obviously is. Some people are Methodist. Some people are Episcopalian. Some people are non denominational, but those are all denominations. Some people are Republican. Some people are Democrats. Some people say there are no labels. Well, you can call yourself it's capital N, capital L, it's no labels. And it means a 90s style, uh, fiscally somewhat responsible, socially uh, decadent or permissive kind of. Clinton type. That's what it is. And the one thing I can promise you politically, I don't. who knows what's going to happen in this election? We don't know. You can't predict the future. But it, it ain't the 90s anymore, man. It, and people have a sort of nostalgia, just like people in the 1970s. Conservatives in the 70s had a nostalgia for the 50s. Well, similarly now, that's why you had happy days and, and sitcoms like that. Similarly now, people have a nostalgia for the 90s. We say things were so good in the 90s. No, the seeds of the madness that we've got going on today, economic, political, sexual, artistic, all of it, uh, it was there in the 90s, and those ideas followed to their logical conclusion. And if we rewound the clock, we would almost certainly end up in the same place we are again today. People are realizing through history that there are some problems with the things that we thought then. And so whoever wins in 2024, whatever the political landscape looks like moving forward, It's not going to be a a carbon copy of how things were 25 years ago. We are in uncharted waters. They have arrested the leader of the political opposition. (laughs) Whatever prediction you think that you've got about 2024, I would take a step back and a little dose of humility and uh, gird yourself for the unexpected things that could come. Now, today is a very special day. And I've promised producer Danny that I'm gonna to try to make his life easier by not requiring him to deal with the crazy edit where they've gotta they've gotta accommodate the YouTube censors on because I can't say it's Tuesday. It's a word that's alliterative with Tuesday. It's something I can't talk about on YouTube, but I can talk about in the member block with the chem and the inner circle. So I it's like when a certain sex thinks they're it's the transvestites. It's trans Tuesday. The show continues now. You don't wanna miss it. Become a member. Use code Knowles at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. See you over there.